0: Thank you, Josh. That's a very... I'm humbled. Thank you. Um, The song we just sang said, um, you know, you are God in heaven and I am here on earth, so let my words be few. So I will attempt that (laughs) today. Um, And I think the message from that is humility, understanding who God is and understanding who we are. And I really want to take that approach in sharing with you today. The things I want to share with you, I am humbly sharing with you as a co-struggler, one who is side-by-side with you um, trying to accomplish these goals. So I have a couple questions for you, though. Um, Do you feel alone? Have you, um, do you feel neglected by your friends? Or have you? I'm going to use my notes. Um, Have you sat in a room full of people and just felt alone? Have you been involved in a good community of people and still managed to feel alone and neglected? Um, If so, there's a few things going on. One is you are alone and you need to stop it. Um, you need to, not everybody is going to be my personality and understand that. I tend to be kind of a social butterfly and I like to be around people constantly and I understand that. Not everybody's going to be like that. But no matter our personality, we need to make the effort to get out there and be around people. Another option is is you do have community in your life. You have people in your lives, you're, you're involved in the community, but it's not healthy. It's just not healthy. The third option is you, you have a healthy-ish. And I say healthy-ish, and we're going to use that term today. Because there really is, you know, we're people. And we make mistakes, and we're sinful, and um, we're imperfect. And we can only do so much. So we, we try to make these parameters of a healthy-ish community. Um, we have some scriptures up here. The first one is Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. If you got the slide, it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Let us not give up meeting together, as, as some are in the habit of doing. The next, go to the next slide. Okay, this has to do with the whole concept of healthy-ish bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another forgive as the lord forgave you that's colossians 3:13 ephesians 4:2 says be completely humble and gentle be patient bearing with one another in love all right um, before we go on to okay you're you're involved so you're involved in a healthiest community okay but you still feel alone you're still struggling. You still feel neglected. There could It could be, and this is the part that I want to be very humble about today, it could be that your approach to that community is somewhat wrong. And so first of all, I want to define real briefly here what a healthy-ish community could look like. And some of this, I, I'm just going to be real honest with you guys right now, some of this is my observations of life, of the 36 years I've been alive, being involved in church life, studying the scriptures, reading books, having mentors building into my life—a lot of this today is just a compilation of that. I'm not going to sit here and be like, "Here's the theology on what a good church is like." Here's the theology of how to approach a good community life. Okay, I'm not going to give you like the five points in like First John three, or and not that there's any five points there, but I'm not going to give you this like deep theological understanding of what it is. I'm going to give you kind of. My opinion. Okay, and my goal for you is that you can sit back, relax. You don't have a lot of notes to take. There's a blank sheet in there. Take whatever notes you want. I want you to sit back and relax, and just, just see if there's anything in your perspective that might need to be changed, and um, and see if I'm right in any of these areas. Test test your knowledge. Test your knowledge of the scriptures. Test your experiences and see if there's anything that, that I may be onto. to. And if I'm not, then that's great. I'm not mad at anybody who doesn't agree with me. I'm not mad at anybody who approaches community wrong. I, I make the same mistakes. So let's just have a family conversation about how to approach church life. And if you're new to church, if you're new to our church, or you're new to church in general, then just sit back and, and kind of get an insider's view of, of kind of a family conversation. Okay, And just enjoy it and kind of get this perspective of what is different about a church community than other communities in our culture today? Or is there anything different about a church community than other communities in our culture today? And just kind of watch that and let's see where we go from there. So, real briefly, let's kind of define my observations of what a healthy-ish community could look like. First of all, is there opportunity for my participation? And when I say that, I don't mean on my terms. I mean on the terms needed for the community. Is there a place where I fit? We all have, and we'll get into the whole personal agenda thing in a little bit. We all have personal agendas, and we all have things that we think we're good at, and we want to do, and we want to see ourselves fit into those roles. But sometimes we have to wait on those things, and we just need to. Is there a place for me? Period. Period. Um, Also, will my needs get met with proper expectations? Will my needs get met with proper expectations? Um, Because it's a healthy-ish community and not a perfect community, all your needs are not going to get met by the community. But will some of your needs get met with proper expectations? Will I grow personally personally? as a result of this community, of the one you're analyzing. Are there people I can learn from here? Or have I grown personally? Now, now the idea of growing is sometimes we think of, oh, I just want to grow, you know, it's just a great thing. But growing tough. It's hard, it's difficult, sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's very humbling. Sometimes our feelings get hurt in the process. Sometimes we go through dark moments during growth. But if you ride that out to the end, there's this light at the end of the tunnel. There's the silver lining in the clouds. It's a great time. And you kind of have to go through that process with a community and with people. And with people who are trying to help you grow, to really know what that's like. So what I'm saying is, is bear with one another, <laughs> being patient. Because those people who are going to help you grow are sometimes going to make mistakes in helping you grow. They may cross the line of being too harsh. Or they may not. They may not come up to the line enough. It's, it's a fine line. Everybody's different. Every circumstance is different. Growth is a very difficult thing in the human race. It's a very complex relationship. The relationship of mentor and mentoree. So bear with one another. Don't give up on each other. Give grace. All right. Are there people here that I can have fun with? It's very important to have fun. It's very important to get refreshed with people. It's very important to have friends. Friends that you like to be around. And what I mean, are there people here? Not everybody, but are there a few people here that I can have fun with? Um, On a whole, are these people like hearted? With you? Is there a general consensus of like heartedness? And I'm not going to go in and define that, but I imagine you understand what I'm saying when I say that. Are we similar in a way? Do we we have a similar focus on life and a similar plan, a similar agenda, a similar um, goal in mind? Similar struggles? And and also, lastly, are there safeguards and boundaries for relationships and struggles built into the culture? Because we know being healthy-ish people, or not healthy people, we know that there's going to be relational struggles. And so what we've done, and I'll show this real briefly, I'm not here to like, and I'm really not here to like promote OCC I'm just here to, um, but I'll show you an example of what I mean. Go to the heart attitude. There's the first four hard attitudes. These are, um, we we here at OCC have what's called the hard attitudes, and there's seven of them, and they're basically just kind of uh, something when you become a member. These are kind of like our our flag. These are our motto. These are the rules that we follow by, you know. And I don't mean rules like, you know, you're not doing the rules, but I mean like they're, <laughs> this is really important to us. I personally have been um, attempting to live by these hard attitudes for 8, eight 9 years now. And, and my life is different because of it. My family is different because of it. My relationship with my wife is different because of it. So anyways, put the goals and interests of others above my own. Live an honest, open life before others. Give and receive scriptural correction and clear up relationships. This is an example of of kind of an organized approach to clearing up relationships and handling relational struggles. Boundaries. This is an example of that. Okay. So now we've defined and and we've clarified everything. And we're going to move on to the wrong approach to to church life. Okay, and I've, I've, again, this isn't a whole theology of how to approach community and church life. This isn't, We're not going to cover everything that's involved in it, or else, you know, we'd be here for a while. And we are, um, but we're going to, we're going to highlight some issues. And, and these are things that I personally struggle with and decisions that I have personally made to, to, by the grace of God, that, to benefit my and my family's life. And so, um, I've seen these things work out. First approach. And the way we're going to do this just I mean you guys don't really need to know this but just if you're one of these people who likes to track the organizational flow of a speech the way we're going to do this is I'm going to define what the wrong approach is okay and then we're going to talk about why not do that approach what's wrong with that and then we're going to talk about the alternative what's what's the what's the better way to do it okay so just so you know okay the first one is this idea that it, we're just we're going to experience this heaven on earth party and we're going to all just be together and it's going to be wonderful and we're just going to be refreshed every day and every day we're going to be at each other's house or every week we're going to be at each other's house and it's just going to be this great grand experience of you know praying with each other and telling each other good things and you know going camping you know and some of the things we do now you may say well what's wrong with that and and it sounds really great and there's a part of that that really needs to take place within a community in order for it to be healthy. Okay? But the reality is... Well, first of all, let's talk about why not do that. We as people, and you've learned this, you can only focus on so many people at one time in your life. If we lived that way all the time, every week... The amount of people in this room is pretty much it. This is all we can make room for in this community. We would be full. We would have to put a sign on the church outside that said, Full. You know, we got our little personal healthy-ish community, and we're living our heaven-on-earth party relationally, and we're doing good. You know, check out the grove or something, you know. Um... You just can't make room for people in your lives if you're that focused on a few people. Second of all, and there's some clarifications with that, I understand. There's some questions that I've left to be begged, and I understand that. Second of all, um, the reality is, is we're not on heaven yet. The reality is, is we live in an earth that is um, corrupt, it's broken. God is in the process of redeeming it. He's in the process of redeeming us. Making us new. And we live in a, in somewhat, we live in a war zone somewhat. Now we, we as Americans typically don't experience that on a daily basis. But the reality is, is we live in a war zone. A, rezo- a war zone that is warring against our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And we as, we as, if you believe the Bible is true, and I do, that personal relationship with Jesus Christ is as of first importance on this earth and in, and in your entire life. There is, there is nothing precious than that, and nothing more valuable than, than, than guarding that. And our lives war against that. You know, the just the mere fact of trying to provide food wars against that the amount of time we have to commit to work, the amount of time we have to commit to family relationships, the amount of time we have to commit to just vacuuming the house and cleaning out the cobwebs and laundry. So, we're not there yet. Now, what we can do, what we can do, because in, relationships are important. We need to develop close relationships. There is something very unique and different about the, the believer relationship. And, and I'm going to be as bold to say, and, and, I, and this is bold, but there is something very different about the church community than any other community. I believe it's Holy Spirit infused. I believe it, there's power in those relationships when done correctly. Um, there really is something different. And when a church takes Scripture seriously, and everybody does it on their own level and attempts to do this, and, but when a church really tries to take, when the leadership really tries to take Scripture seriously and provide a certain culture, and certain opportunities, and, and, and develop their people in a certain way to relate to one another in a certain way, it really makes a difference. And it's refreshing. And it's gro- It's like a good fertile garden that gets watered and fertilized and the weeds are pulled out. It's just an amazing environment for growth. Now the reality is, is there's still weeds. There still needs to be watered. The soil still needs to be turned. The compost still needs to be added. So... Kind of the way I personally approach this thing is I need my good close friends. I need my heaven-on-earth relationships. But I need them in a way where it's kind of like, you know, we're talking about life's a battle zone and you're out there on the front lines and you're just fighting every day, you're fighting every day, and then, bam, you get to come with the door and you shut the door. And it's like taking that R&R break off the front lines and it's just kind of like a... Let me catch my breath. Let me sit down. Let's debrief about what's going on out there. Can you give me a glass of, you know, orange juice and a nice plate of biscuits and some ham, you know? Let me, let me fill my belly and let me eat good and I'm going to go take a nap on your comfortable bed. That's what it's like when I spend time with those friends that are really important to me and close to me and that, that I've really grown close to with that special Christian brotherly bond. But like in war, not much is it getting accomplished out there if I'm always in R&R, right? So what we have to do is we have to be like, okay, this is great. Boy, thanks for the food. Thanks for the bed. Thanks for the debrief. I'm heading back out. You know, we got to open the door and we have to charge forward with new life. Because if all you do is stay in that room, I mean, stuff's still going on out there. The enemy will win. Your fellow Christian brothers who are out there on the front lines will suffer. Because you're not alongside them. Anyways, well, we're going we're gonna to get more into that. The next one, consumer mentality. This is the other approach that, that, that I struggle with too. Is just in our culture, I mean, we're brought up from a very young age to consume, to approach organizations as a consumer. What can you do for me? Um, you know, does that make sense? Okay, what can you do for me? What what service do you have that I can benefit from? You may, and I'm not mad at anybody who said this because I've said this, but I just want to help with perspective. You may you may hear the thing like, I just want to be fed by that church. I just want to come to church and be fed.
1: And and there's really
0: nothing wrong with that because we need to be fed. But as long as that's not where you stop, um, what's, what's why why not approach church that way? Why not? I mean, we have staff members. We pay people to provide this organization, right? We we you know we we rent this building. You know your your tithe money goes to pay for all this. So why not approach it that way? Why not approach it from hey, I'm paying for this, you know, with my tithe and offerings. You know, uh, staff has full time. They they can they can provide me with that. Well, okay, let's talk about some of that. First of all, the focus is on yourself. It's not on the mission of the organization. It takes the focus off what we're trying to do here. So you're joining an organization that is missional when you come into a church community. Now I understand we're at all different levels. Okay, I understand that some of us are members, some of us are just becoming members. Some of us are not members, but been coming around a while and kind of investigating this whole thing of membership. Some of us are just here for their first, second, like third time and just wondering what this is all about. And you know what? Sit back and relax wherever you're at in that process. Enjoy that process and take your time. Okay? But do understand this that a church is an organization that is put here for a purpose and it has a mission. This isn't a country club. This isn't a, um, a place to come and on Sunday mornings and get your you know, weekly devotion. Although it does provide that, and that's a, very, it's a great thing that it provides. But it's much more than that. So understand that it's much more than that. Understand that if you only approach it that way, if your Sunday morning devotional, like fill me up and I'm good for the week, and by, by Friday I'm starting to kind of lose steam spiritually, realize that there's so much more to this. And that could be part of the reason why you feel alone. Why you feel depleted. Why you feel like you can't get traction in your spiritual growth. And in just in growth in your life. Also, I want to be very careful how I say this. If we all approached church that way, other than the staff, it just wouldn't work. We would be taking so many resources from the staff without giving back that this whole thing would collapse. We couldn't pull off any of the things we do. A lot of what even goes on on Sunday morning is volunteers. Volunteers. A lot of the growth groups, we have small groups, we call them growth groups right now. We have these small groups that take place throughout the week, throughout the year. That, that are just good environments to kind of dig in and get to know people more and really uh, a good garden of growth. At least we attempt them to be that way. Really, really a good time to, to dig in with each other. We have things called evangelism teams. These are groups of people that are trying to learn how to make evangelism a regular lifestyle. All these things are led by volunteers. I mean, they're staff monitored and staff filled, but they're led by volunteers. This place would fall apart. Also, what happens is you end up tending to approach church in a way where you approach those volunteers who are providing, who are who are just saying, you know what, I'm gonna devote my time to these things. And you they tend to be approached if you approach it as a consumer, they tend to be approached as a vendor. You know, and, and sometimes the feeling is is there's a lot of there's nitpicking about details that can take place, you know, and and I mean I don't want to get a whole lot into that because it's really not that big of a deal, but you never want to make a volunteer feel like a vendor. You know, where's my? You put mustard on my ketchup, and I ask for I mean on my hamburger, and I ask for no mustard. You know, I mean imagine you're at McDonald's or something, and you're ordering a burger, and you know the employee messes up. You know, it's one thing to to bring that to an employee. It's another thing to bring that to a volunteer's attention. Anyways, we don't have to focus a whole lot on that. But, um, so what can you do differently? Um, One thing you can do is just understand the fact that this is a missional organization and it needs volunteers. And there's so much more to get out of this by plugging in as a volunteer and working side by side with people. So take initiative and plug in. Come here with the mindset of, I, I, I'm hurting and I need help. But there's also other people hurting who need help and, I, and I'm willing to help them too. Or, what, what do you guys need? What does this organization need? What's needed right now? Do you need help setting up chairs? Do you need help putting out pens? Do you need help? setting up coffee? Do you need help leading community groups? Do you need help with people who feel neglected and alone just to go visit them and spend time with them? Do you need help with evangelism? There's so much room for participation here. As a matter of fact, going back to our, um, our little thing earlier about how to all measure a church our community um, we were talking about is there room for me? The reality is is any organ- any any true missional church based organization has room. Sitting sitting in a church and being like, well they don't need me is kinda like sitting in a life raft after the ship has sunk and there's sharks around and waves around and sitting in the middle and being like, Well they got the oars. I'm good. And there's all these people in the ocean that need to be picked up and put in the life raft. It's kind of sitting there and being like, they don't need me. Does that make sense? There is so much work that needs to be done. And we need you. Um one of the ways I've I've always and this this is just my personal approach to things, is I kinda of imagine this whole cog and a wheel issue. You know, you have, you know, the gears come together and there's these little Anyways, the wheel spins, you know, and turns the other wheel, and there's these little gears in there, little notches, you know, and they just kind of all do their part. And Anyways, I, I, always, I always thought of my approach, too, because there came a time in my life when I became very serious about plugging into a local body of Christ and really committing myself to that and making that a big part of my life. And I said, you know what? I want to just be the best cog in that wheel I can be. Whatever that is. Whatever that is at my maturity level, Whatever that is at my skill level at that time, whatever that is as far as what they need from me or not need from me, whatever that is, I'm going to be the best cog in a wheel. I'm going to try to find people on Sunday morning who are come to church for the first time, and I'm just going to go shake their hand and make them feel welcome. You know, that's done. What I'm going to do on Sunday morning, I'm going to come to my community groups as we used to have a long time ago and I'm going to participate and I'm going to ask the leader questions and if there's people who I feel like are struggling I may have the answer for that and and it's appropriate I'm going to help them out I'm going to pray with them you know and if there's someone at work or if there's one of my friends at church who, who has a friend who is he's trying to share the gospel with trying to share his relationship with Jesus Christ with, I'm gonna come alongside that friend as much as possible and just relate to that person and help assist in that process of evangelism. If there are chairs that need to be set up, if the trailer needs to be pulled, I'm just gonna do my part. And and this is the part where I'm gonna kinda give my little personal testimony and it's very brief. My life has benefited so much from that approach. And I'm pleading with you guys. Take that approach. You will be different. Your life will be better. You will not get ripped off. Even if you feel like you may get ripped off, you will not get ripped off. Ten years later, you will look back and go, oh my gosh, thank God. Thank God I jumped in to the local church with all my feet. Well, with both feet. <laughs> with all my feet. I'm not the best speaker, so sorry. All right. Serve, take initiative, cog in a wheel. The next one, personal agenda. All right, we're going to go through this really quick. Personal agenda, doesn't always, okay. This is kind of your idea where I'm going to come to this church, you know, and I'm I'm a gifted uh, speaker, so they should use me to speak on Sunday mornings occasionally when Josh needs a break. Or, you know, I'm a gifted singer, so they should use me to sing. All right? That may be true, and yeah, we may do that. (laughs) But don't come with a personal agenda that if I don't get my way, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Because organizations, especially one like a church, really needs to... Trust the character of the people that they put in positions. And it's so important. It's a protection of the organization to trust the people they put in positions, that their character is good. It's more character than skill set. Skill set comes later. It's character. And just just relax and allow yourself to be known, allow yourself to grow. And you know what the best way to be known by an organization is? Is serve it at the entry-level levels. Entry-level levels. And just get to know people. Invite people over to your house. Take initiative. All right. We're, we're going to have to move on to the last one because we're running out of time. Um, we have the wheel. Can you show the wheel up here? Okay, this is kind of a navigator analogy for kind of the obedient Christian in action. It's And it just kind of... This is what's called the back tire of a whole other thing called the bike. Anyways, you'll notice that Christ is in the center. That's the force that turns the wheel, okay? And then next, this is kind of all the areas of the Christian life. You have your the Word, which is studying the Bible down. You have prayer, which is up, that relationship with God. You have witnessing, which is evangelism, over to the right. And then you have fellowship, which is with your common believer to the left. All these things need to take place and kind of be in what's called balance, not really balance, but they all just need to happen in order for you to actually be getting traction down the road. Or else your wheel becomes lopsided and you're kind of doing this as you're going down the road, you know, Takes a really long time to get going, and you know, because you know, you may be reading the Word and praying, but gosh, you're not—you don't have anybody to to do life with. So it, it takes a—you know—you basically have a flat wheel then. Anyways, what happens sometimes in a healthy-ish community because the relationships are so good, because we have so much fun together, because we go on camping trips and beach trips and chicken wing night outs, which I'm really looking forward to, and um, and because we have growth groups and because we have you know, evangelism teams and all these great things and because we really value each other and it's like a family in here and you know what it's a wonderful experience to be part of this congregation and I truly love you all and value it but what happens sometimes and I'm speaking from experience is we're so satisfied with that that we neglect our personal relationship with Jesus Christ We sometimes aren't left alone enough to think that, my goodness, I need Jesus Christ. He has to be the power if this stuff is to happen. So you may be like, hey Scott, I'm volunteering. Hey Scott, I'm going to growth groups. Hey Scott, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm setting up chairs and I'm doing this and I still feel neglected and alone and I'm getting frustrated with people when they wrong me and I'm just angry. I'm not saying that's happening to you, but I'm saying, if you find yourself in that position, you are not going to be able to survive in the healthiest communities for very long, because they are healthish and not healthy without Jesus Christ in the center of your life. And it all comes back to that verse we looked at earlier about, "Bear with one another, forgiving each other as Christ forgave you. If we are not constantly reminded that Christ forgave us and we don't live in the reality of that, it is very difficult to forgive others. It is very difficult to not hold someone's rough interaction with me against them. It is very difficult to be like, why didn't they invite me over? Why did I not get invited over? Or how did I get left out of that? I mean, I'm 36 years old, okay? I'm not that old, but I'm 36 years old. And and I mean, like Josh mentioned, I've been here since the beginning. And I still sometimes have those thoughts run through my mind. Oh, they're doing that? I didn't get invited. (laughs) But I'm okay with it. And I have to remind myself, I can be okay with that. Because I understand what's going on. I understand this broader picture of what's going on. I need to be alone with my friend that I'm trying to tell Jesus about why all my Christian buddies are hanging out. Sometimes I need to be alone with that guy and and kind of suffer that loneliness for a missional purpose. And then I'll come back and get refreshed with my friends. Now, I really wish we had more time because there's so much more I want to tell you. But we need to wrap up here. Um, We have another, there's another slide here. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us That we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. 1 John 3.1. 1 Uh, 1 Peter 4.8 says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. You're going to sin against each other. But love covers those sins. It's kind of like, never mind. Let's go ahead and pray. Before, before we pray, sorry. Psych. <laughs> um, there's one thing I just want to tell you. And, and this is just a side note. This is something that me and Penny have finally discovered in our lives. If we didn't take initiative to invite people over to our house, we would hardly ever see anybody. And, and that's been our whole lives. Now, people do invite us over, and we're really gracious for that. But the sheer volume of need that I have to be around people would not happen unless I took initiative to make it happen. And I am perfectly okay with that. So take initiative. Don't wait to be invited. Invite. All right, let's pray. Dear Jesus, we just love you and we thank you for what you've done in our lives, Lord. And we thank you for the special relationship of, of just Christian brotherly love and sisterly love. Lord, help us as we pursue these things.